a lot of us are like this. And I see kids so much on the phones, on the devices or driving. And it's this awareness to inhale, roll the shoulders back up, create this long line of energy from the sit bones all the way to the top of the head. And it's the shift in your heart light on the hot. That's your heart chakra. Love. It's your space of love and healing. And so when you are feeling that suffering or struggling or anxiety or whatever, notice your gait, your body. And so notice if you can make that tiny little shift. It's usually literally so tiny. It's like two millimeters. Welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast. I'm Amber Mikesell. And I'm Austin Yule. We're here to invite you into a new era of leadership. Join us as we dive deep into stories of powerful transformation, unlocked through self-love, compassion, and insights on healing the body and soul by blending science and spiritual wisdom. Start leading from the heart today. Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com. Hi, amazing Suivera community. It is Amber back with another episode of the Heart Leader Podcast, where our heart and our mind align. Today, I am joined by Shelly Bond. Shelly wrote this beautiful book called Awaken You. This is a very, very beautiful book of courage and a personal journey, but it has so much inspiration in it as well and wonderful tools and tips. And Shelly is going to walk us through what inspired her to write it and some of the tools that are in it. Shelly, thank you for being on the show and for, well, since last month was all about transparency, kind of coming off that tail end, being transparent and diving into this compassion story. Yes, Amber, thank you so much for having me. I love you. And I'm just, I'm grateful to connect with you and your beautiful community and just, just showing up here for this, this mission of love. I love it. Yay. Love, love, love. <laughs> love, love, love it. Yes. Well, and that's actually how we met in complete transparency, since we touched on that one. When I kind of just had this pull to go to a retreat that I had just met a previous guest that had come onto the show, Stephanie, and she's like, hey, I'm having this retreat. Do you want to come? And I'm like, okay, I don't really know you. And I definitely don't know anyone there, but yes, I'm going to show up because I feel drawn to be there. And lo and behold, here is your beautiful soul sitting there, full heart open, nothing but love pouring out. You had never met me, but immediately I was your sister. And part of what I had been healing in myself for so long was all of the women in my life that I had met in business who had offered me the exact opposite of that. It was competition and very much the, you know, we are competitors. This is a masculine energy, a male dominated field, and we have to compete with each other. And since I was healing that part of myself and you just opened your heart and we're like, no, we're sisters. We're not competitors. I have nothing but love and compassion for you. I was blown away. You called me forward. (laughs) You needed that healing in your life. I felt this instant draw to you. I call women like you, my soul sisters. It's just this heart connection where I'm like, "Mm -hmm," everything just fades away. And I just can tap straight into who you are, the essence that is you. And I felt that I feel it right now. Like just see this like beautiful aura around you. 
that was such yeah a, a beautiful moment. I actually remember seeing you. You got off of I think you had an Uber ride, and you're with this gentleman, and you just came and just your smile, and you were wearing this beautiful. I think it was like the Sanskrit uh, scarf around you, and I could in this orange dress. And orange is one of my soul colors, and I just felt this like, okay, I need to I need to go and meet her and be around her. And we definitely had that opportunity where we sat next to each other. And I can't remember which activity it was, but we sat and we just stared at each other and sent that love and compassion. And I could just feel deep at the core of your heart and all of your love. And I just felt so, so grateful for you. And likewise, to yes. meet someone who is so open and soul bare, like, there's no hiding. It is, this is who I am and you can choose to love me or you can choose to walk away. And either way, I will continue to be the being that I am. How did you get there? This is what so many are striving to reach this space of connection within themselves and strength, really, to show up as themselves every day. Mm -hmm. And you are just, you're there. Mm -hmm. So how did you get there? And I know that somewhat goes to this. <laughs> uh, wow. It's like, it's like a life journey. I had, it was about nine years ago, actually my son, who he's turning nine next week. He's my baby. And when he was little, I had a four-year-old a two-year-old and a newborn. And I was miserable. I was really unhappy. Um, my husband and I were almost getting a divorce. I was waking up every day just feeling like, ah, is this as good as it gets? And I was just, I was sick and tired of it. And at the time I was a master stylist in the beauty industry. I worked in this fancy salon and had a beautiful clientele. And I had the house, I had the dogs, I didn't have the white picket fence, I had the wooden fence, I had the car, I had all the clothes, and I felt myself lacking. I felt myself unhappy. And it was like this breaking moment. And I remember looking out of my window, always saying like, this is as good as it gets. And then there was something deeper within me that was like, no, this is not as good as it gets. There's something more. And that's when I caught my awakening began. I just started waking up and having all of these self-realizations. And I found this book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Alrod. And it was this beautiful guide to transform your life. It was like the not so obvious guide to transform your life before 8 a.m. And it was this beautiful guide to, to wake up and, and do you and practice you in the mornings. And at the time, my little guy was waking me up like, oh, four to eight times a night to nurse. That was his pacifier. And and then my daughter was waking up and then my son, he would like wet the bed. So me, needless to say, I was like sleep deprived for like years as us moms can resonate with. And I made myself wake up at 5.01. I was like, I am waking up. I'm doing something different. And so I started a morning practice. I started waking up and I started journaling. I started meditating, which was really hard at first. And it still is. I have my challenges and I started just sitting with myself and feeling into this pain and allowing myself to bring it up. And then I started moving my body and it brought me to yoga or yoga came to me. 
And it was this beautiful practice where I just invited myself permission to show up as me. And whether it was sitting and breathing on the mat, or if it was maybe being in a restorative child pose and crying because I was exhausted and I was afraid maybe that my husband was going to leave. And I would, I would be with that. And, and then it just progressed and it shifted and it opened up all of these beautiful relationships. It was so interesting because, so I have, I have four sisters and then I have three stepbrothers and my dad, he was not around for seven years when I was a little girl. And so deep seated, I've realized through this healing is that I've had this, these like abandonment wounds and, and always feeling like men in my life are going to abandon me. This was my husband (laughs) and I's healing journey. And it's just interesting because through this whole journey, I just allowed myself permission to be with all of it. And then these sisters, women like you, like Stephanie showed up. It was one day she showed up in my chair. I remember I was like walking into the salon. I was a few minutes late because I was writing Awaken You. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was late. I was in flow. I was writing my book. And she looked at me and said, oh, you're writing a book. And then we had this like instant soul sister connection. And it was like, and then through her, it just opened up and we started doing these like women's circles and women's groups. And then through that, my sister and I created this beautiful project where we came into school called the Life Loves You Project. And there's three of us moms who went into our school because it was horrible and devastating. There was an eighth grade student who committed suicide in our school. And I just felt like there's something I have to do. Like there, this is not okay that there was an eighth grade boy who felt so alone that he had to end his life. And so through all of this, like connecting and things, my sister and I and another beautiful soul sister created the life loves you project. And it was based on Louise Hay. She's been one of my beautiful spiritual mentors. And we came into the schools and we started teaching all the things that I was learning. I was learning breath and yoga. And then we were teaching them self-compassion. We were teaching them to treat themselves the way that they treat the people that they love the most. And then we were teaching them forgiveness and we were teaching them mindfulness around your thoughts and what you're thinking. And we did this amazing exercise that was so powerful. It was on the inner bully, like our inner critic and all of the things that it says. And it hit me hard. We were in my nephew's fifth grade classroom and we were asking all of the kids what some of their self-destructive thoughts were. And, you know, they were saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And it makes me want to cry. My nephew blurted out, I wish I was never born. And I heard that from my nephew who so loved and so supported. And then we looked around the classroom and we wrote all of these things on the board. And we looked up at the board and we had all of the students raise their hand if they had similar thoughts. And I'm not kidding you. It was like 90% of the kids shared those same thoughts. And then we did this beautiful exercise. So we wrote all that down. And then the kids, we were like, okay, so this is your inner bully. It's saying all these things. And then we had them with energy and intention. We grabbed the paper. We stood up. We destroyed it. We ripped it up in 2000 pieces. Like the energy you could tell was like all around the room. And then we threw it into the trash. And then we allowed them to recreate the thoughts that they were thinking. And it was so powerful because you could feel that energetic shift. I'm also, I am a Reiki master. So I do a lot of energy work kind of like behind the scenes when I'm doing these things. And you could feel the energetic shift in these children. And it was beautiful. And then, so we did this beautiful Life Loves You project and then crazy COVID hit, right? (laughs) All the things. 
And yeah, it's, it's just beautiful the way that life has come around. And then through all of this, we created, it was called Hula Hope. It was this beautiful soul sisterhood where we did retreats for women. We had a soul sister who passed away when she was 34 years old. She had breast cancer and two young sons. And again, I just, we brought all of our love and we were like, women need to have sisterhood just like how we met at Stephanie's beautiful retreat. Like we need to create this sisterhood and we need to start having those hard conversations like we had with those kiddos at the Life Loves You Project. And we need to help women feel seen, heard, and understood. And we have this beautiful two-day retreat and we love hula hooping. So we brought the hula hoop in as this representation of you are the center of your own universe. And the hula hoop also for us represented joy because a lot of us women don't allow joy in. And then we brought self-compassion. It was beautiful just to see this connection. And then again, and then it brought me to you and expanding and growing from there. I love so much of that journey and that path because it shows that it starts with you getting your own footing and knowing the healing And sitting with that, you had to sit in it first and understand what was going on within you. And then once you had that, not that it isn't continual and perpetual and ever growing and ever shifting, because even in the retreat that we were in together, you and I both separately, we know that we've done quite a bit on our journey, but there's always more. And we did that together and continue to explore and heal. But once you have a footing, then you notice it out in the world around you. And you're like, wait a second, there's, there's ways that I can assist and support and at least offer tools that I have learned in order to help others along the way. And if that can assist, great. And if it doesn't, that's okay. This seed is there. And when they're ready, they can pick it up if it fits for them. And if it doesn't, But imagine the tool that you gave those young people during COVID, a time when they really felt separated. And that negative self-talk was probably at an all-time high. And now they had all these tools to go within and go, wait a second, I get to write the language that's going on in my head. And they wouldn't have had that if they didn't have that right before COVID hit. Yes, it was powerful too. We the end of the session with making dream boards and it was so beautiful. We put on some just like lovely music and allowed the kids just to be creative and to dream big and to find pictures and words that express things that they loved. And so if you think about that too, them having that at home with them to see all of the love and all of the light and all the goodness that there still is in the world and that they got to take that with them. I thought I like just thinking of them sitting there, like that was probably so helpful that seems so small, but was so big in that moment to help them. And that's an age at which like that sticks. And so they get to carry that forward and they'll get to teach it to their children. So when we look at what are we teaching our youth in schools, this could be part of a curriculum that continues to help them as they continue to grow and really formulate emotional intelligence and internal connectivity. And when we talk about mental health, what a beautiful gift and what an amazing program 
so that we don't have to learn it as we get older, as if it's something so much so new. Like, wow. Yeah, it was a beautiful gift. Did take it and create a program for women who are navigating this and showing them like, hey, you know, even though we didn't get to always learn it when we were younger, now as women, we have an opportunity because generally we're the ones who are with our children more, not always, and I don't want to generalize, but often we're with our children more. So if we learn it, then it is easier for us to pass it on to our children. And that's a gift too. But I know there are other reasons why you have women's programs. And I do want to dive into that along with more of your book. I would love for you to talk about, like, you don't exclude men or the divine masculine, but you do have a very clear focus on the divine feminine and female. So if you wouldn't mind talking to our community a little bit about why divine feminine and female, and from your perspective, what is divine feminine, divine masculine, and kind of that whole flow? Yeah, for me, I just, I can feel it. It's one of my dharmas in Sanskrit. That's our life's purpose is I just have this very innate calling to work with women. And I just feel this connection and Again, it's not leaving out, it's not leaving out men. And I say to men all the time, if you want to understand the women in your life more, pick up a copy of my book to understand the women and the way that we're thinking and the way that we're feeling so you can connect with the women in your life more. Because right now it is this time of feminine rising and of us claiming our inner power and allowing us permission to claim our gifts that we have shoved down so much. And even me as a little girl, I was so shy and afraid and, but I always was so in tune with nature and I just loved, I loved everything. I always was smiling. I just, my heart has just always been, it's always been here. And I've just, you know, in those last, these last years, given myself permission to fully access it. And then it's this connection that I, I get and receive. And again, it's, it's for both that feminine and masculine energy. And in yoga, we work at merging our feminine and our masculine, our Pingali Nadi and our Ida Nadis. It's merging and finding that, that balance, that ebb and flow, because we all have days where we wake up and we're feeling maybe more soft and subtle and more compassionate and vulnerable. And then we'll have those days where you wake up and you're feeling like strong and, and determined to do all the things. And it's bringing those together and finding that the word balance in like we use that in yoga and we have these balancing postures, but lately it hasn't really been resonating with me. I think balance can be such this dichotomy. So for me, it's more of this alignment, like finding this alignment and going with that ebb and flow of where your energy is at, right? And that feminine energy and awakening it and through your topic of compassion. And in my book, I really delve into compassion and I have kind of four different parts and breathing compassion in with breath because breath is forever omnipresent. It just is. It's this loving, beautiful energy that it always comes, it always goes and we don't have to ask for more. It just is. And when we can open our breath and expand that compassion towards ourselves, right? That's really allowing that feminine energy to awaken, inviting that Shakti, that's 
we call Shakti is our feminine nature within us. And it's, it's just interesting because when we can tap into compassion towards ourselves, it's that same compassion that we give, that I give to you, Amber, that if you are struggling, that if you are having a really hard time or really down on yourself or doubting yourself and having all of those worries, that compassion that I would give to you, what if we could give that same compassion and mirror it back to this, to us? And like we were talking about, we have to start here. It starts here. And when we allow that compassion in here, it's like this beautiful ripple effect that just, it goes everywhere. It goes to our children, our spouses, our neighbors, our neighbors' neighbors, our towns, to the cities, the states, to the countries. And it fills this whole planet. And if you can imagine this whole beautiful planet encumbered in compassion, wow, like so much healing could happen, especially nowadays with all this separation, this and that. And just if we can meld into that compassion within, it could just do so much miraculous healing that our beautiful planet needs. It needs it right now. That's that divine feminine, that mother earth energy that is. Yeah, and that's so beautiful because when we take it down to the very cells of our body too, like to the very smallest, minute, all the way out to the grandest scale, like within our universe and even beyond, it's like there's this talk about breath, like expand out, come back in. I always feel that expansion and contraction, just like the breath. So when you mention breath, when I do breathing practices, I do take these attributes and I think about that. Like that every cell in my body deserves compassion. Mm-hmm. It functions so much just to keep me here in this existence. So why wouldn't I offer compassion for when it has a struggle day? And is like, I'm not sure with everything that's going on, all of the pollution I have to deal with, all of the food that isn't the way that I need it to be. I'm not sure that I can keep doing this. Why wouldn't I go into every cell and go, thank you. I hold compassion for the environment that you now have to exist in. So let me see what I can do to give you what you need to function at your optimal. And then expand that out even more and then bring it back in. So I love the whole breath flow part of yoga Mm. is if we can keep doing that in and out for every attribute, it just helps so much. Yeah. And it's the energy that we put out comes back to us, right? Why wouldn't we want that back? And we deserve that. And I know with my work with women is that so many women even just recently so much, it's like, there's so much body judgment and body shame that just breaks my heart. And I hear everywhere from my like closest sisters, my soul sisters or other moms. And it's about this physical body, not being or looking young enough, fit enough, the gray hairs, whatever, the saggy boobs, all of the things. And what if we could just shine that compassion, right? What if we could just be that, be that compassion. And I know that my, my one sister in particular that you met at the women's retreat, she has been so struggling hard with her body image. And it's hard for me because she's not, she's like my person. 
she's my, I talk to her every day. She's, we've raised babies. We've been together our whole lives. And I have been just in my morning practice. I just have been sending her so much compassion. And then I just see that judgment and I'm like, no, you just have to just be the love, be the compassion, just send it out, send it out. And, and knowing too, that all of our struggles are here. The universe is giving them to us as these gifts, as these segues for our growth, as these segues for connection, because everything, right, it's happening for us, not to us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And your sister is like amazing. gorgeous. Beautiful. I she mean. Goddess. Goddess yes. level beautiful. And so it does yes. show how even the most beautiful physical beings, it's a mental thing. Mm-hmm. And so that is something given to us, not something we come in with. And it is something that we all navigate. And so if we can show ourselves compassion in yes. that area, like, hey, this was not mine. I didn't come in with it. I have been given this through the cultures I've been integrated with, the different interactions I've had. So now, giving myself compassion, I need to unlearn this about myself. So how do I navigate that? And as you said in the beginning, with what you navigated, you had to sit in it. You had to be with it. And that's the hardest part of this journey. So how do you feel your journey in yoga and self-compassion played a part in that? What did you do to not just stay sitting in it? Because that can happen. Like you just, you sit in it and then you don't know how to get out of it. You just sit in it and spiral. Yeah. Well, and one of my other beautiful soul sisters told me years ago that you have to feel pain to heal from pain. And I heard that and was like, what? You have to feel it. You don't want to shove it down. All this guilt, all this resentment, all this judgment. I I want to feel it. I don't want to feel this. And so I had to dig deep, deep within myself. And, and even in, you know, that mat practice and yoga for me, I know there's lots of different perspectives on yoga and all the different styles. I'm trained in Hatha and Vinyasa. Like I do those styles, but for me, it was this inner journey, this inner allowing. And when I heard of the concept or I tapped into actually what self-compassion was, it was like, what? Like, this is something that is just here. It's just within me. I've always had the ability to shine this light on myself. And it's been years and I, I still run into challenges and I've, I've learned, I have different practices that I do that can help me when I am struggling. So like a foundation, one is the self-compassion hug, just like we see it all the time. We see people crossing their shoulders, you know, protecting themselves. And when we hug ourselves, it releases that love hormone oxytocin, right? And our body doesn't know the difference between if I touch you, Amber, and give you a hug, or if I do it to myself. And so when I am struggling or facing anxiety or overwhelm or all of the human things that we feel and that we suffer, when I give myself that hug, that helps a lot. And then I've noticed that I can start noticing those self-destructive thoughts. 
I can catch myself and notice, oh my gosh, wow, I'm really stuck in self-doubt. I'm really stuck in overwhelm right here. And I've learned how to have this inner conversation with myself and treat myself and have that same talk I would have with you, Amber. But if you are struggling, I turn that on myself. And it doesn't always happen, but there are moments where like I off and on can struggle with social anxiety and being around like huge crowds of people. It can bring up a lot of, ah! like when COVID hit, I was like, yes, I don't have to be around people anymore. Like I, I do better. <laughs> well, and I'm such a, I'm such an empath. So I'm a big feeler and I can feel all of the energies around me. And so, yeah, COVID hit. I was like, okay, this is good. I get to go with it, but oh, now we're emerging. We're coming back. And so I, I find myself when I am struggling with that or like my sister had like a Easter party and I went over there and there's lots of energy and kids and all the things and I can catch myself. Okay. I'm stuck here or I'm in the fear of, Oh my gosh, what's happening. And I noticed it. And then I can give myself that hug and I can say, okay, Shelly, I can feel, I can feel what you're feeling. I can feel that you're suffering right now. And then there's this other connecting piece of knowing that you're not alone and you're not alone in feeling like this. There's 7 billion people on the planet and there are millions of people experiencing this now and you're not alone. It's going to be okay. And so that has, for me, helped me. I have these different practices that I utilize when I catch myself because self-compassion is not always the first thing I can access. It's been a practice, right? It's like life. I have to keep showing up and keep experiencing and keep feeling the pain and then noticing, oh my gosh, I'm really like stuck right now. Like you said, stuck in like when we're on the mat, it can be really easy to get stuck in it. But then if you get up and do a downward dog or get yourself up and do something different, you can shift that energy and move that. And for me, movement has really been this gateway, right? It changes our physiology. It changes our energy within us when we can allow movement. And that's why the practice of yoga is so powerful when we are suffering, when we are struggling, when we are stuck in resentment or guilt, or, and even if it's not yoga, even if it's going for a walk and getting in nature, or for me, when I found the hula hoop and I awakened my inner child, I was like, oh my gosh, she's in there. I love her. She's so playful. I can pick up this hula hoop and shake my body and move this pain. I can allow this movement to be a gateway or allow breath, as we talked about, to be that healing conduit to allow it to come, let it rise and disperse and send it out. And there's so many different ways that we can access compassion through different practices and what resonates for me might not resonate for everyone, but there's so many different things in that we don't have to feel so stuck with what we have, or we don't have to be so stuck in our past or so stuck in the worries of the future or the money or the economy or the presidential race. We can choose to be that change. And it all starts here, it starts within here. We can't look for it out there and all the things and all the people and all the social media it comes here, right here. Yeah. And I love the suggestion of movement because I know just in my own journey, right? I, when I was younger, what we would do when something hurt, we would get together as friends and we would drink alcohol, right? And what we did was it would suppress it. 
It would cover the pain. It would numb the pain, but it didn't do anything to move the pain, as you said, right? So then what would happen is every time I would have a heartbreak or every time I would have a stressful moment, they would compile on top of each other because all I was doing was numbing it enough that I could suppress it and keep pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. And so that wasn't the healthy flow. It was the one that I knew because it was the one that my peer group knew as well. And so it was what I was being taught because I didn't know anything different until I knew something different. Then I got to know yoga and Tai Chi and Qigong and these energy movement things that showed me that all of this suppressed pain is just like eating all of this fast food. It doesn't actually leave your body (laughs) there. And you have to do something to actively move it through your energy and physical form, just like you do all that fast food at some point. And so what you're describing is like, look, you can't just let it stagnate or it's going to keep like compounding on itself. You have to find whatever fits for you and literally move it through your system or it's going to weigh you down just like actual physical weight would weigh you down. Yeah. And movement is so powerful because it's linked to our energy right? Energy is everywhere. Like E equals MC squared energy and mass, right? Albert Einstein said that eloquently. And that when we move, we're shifting our energy. So when you were having those yucky, crappy days or that self-doubt and you're feeling that heavy energy, it's because your energy is at this lower vibration. And it literally takes getting up or I also have practiced Qigong. Like sometimes I'll just shake, just like shake where I'm a snapper. I can snap and move that energy or I can feel it and just swipe it away. And it's interesting how we can make this energetic shift too. And also I see a lot in our posture. And so you can notice a lot of us are like this. And I see kids so much on the phones, on the devices or driving. And it's this awareness to inhale, roll the shoulders back up, create this long line of energy from the sit bones all the way to the top of the head. And it's the shift to in your heart light and you're on the hot thought, that's your heart chakra, right? Love. It's your space of love and healing. And so when you are feeling that suffering or struggling or anxiety or whatever, notice your gait, your body. And so notice if you can make that tiny little shift, it's usually literally so tiny. It's like two millimeters, pull your heart light up. I say this to my daughter, she's 13 and we're really working on her posture because she's got the shoulders and the head that comes forward. So I say, roll your shoulders back, raise your heart light, raise your head light and shine your light for everyone to see. And when you do that, also, we know our diaphragm is right here. You're opening and expanding your breath and allowing breath to flow. And it will change so much with breath, with body alignment, with just that awareness. And it's just like that noticing. So we all do it. I'll find myself. I'm like, okay, roll it back, raise your energy. Ah, I feel so much better. You're moving whatever it is that you've been holding on to. Like you can move. I love that. What you said about the fast food, like we hold, we have these seven chakras, these energy bodies, and we hold this energy that we don't even realize in this invisible body that we, a lot of us are not even aware of. And that's my, my work with Reiki and energy healing. 
that it's so powerful when you can really tap into that energy body and you can do it yourself. You don't have to go and get an energy clearing session or you can, cause it's amazing and magical, but you can do it yourself. Or even it's so powerful to take your shoes off and go ground and root your feet into the earth. Like that will ground a lot of that stagnant energy in your root chakra, which is your space of safety and trust in your roots, right? That's below our sit bones and down to our feet, which a lot of us after the pandemic have been struggling with feeling safe and trusting. And a really powerful practice is get outside in nature. And if maybe you're having feet things, then squat down like a little kiddo and get your freaking hands in the dirt and the rocks and the earth. Go touch a tree. Amber knows, go hug a tree, go hug a tree, go connect with nature and nature just, it just will ground and replenish and recharge your energy. The sun, the air, the birds, the birds, so much, so much that can help us move that stagnant energy. Yeah. And I love the one simply like right now, if you're listening to this, you can take the couple of seconds and see where your shoulders are. Can you just like take a moment and pull your shoulders back and see if you can create more space in your heart center or lift your head up a little more so that there's more length because we make space for all of these energy centers to do what they're meant to do. The moment, it's like kinking a water hose, right? If you cut off the flow, then there's nothing they can do. It's like cut off and it just stops. But as you said, if you just make that space, that little movement, and you can do that anywhere. You can take like the little mindful, wait a second, am I cutting off any of these spaces where energy needs to flow? Yeah. And if you're sitting or standing, either sitting, standing, even laying down, you can create more energy in your body. And with that breath too, just, I almost imagine my breath floating my shoulders and exhaling it and you can send it like up and down. It's this current of energy from the universe to the earth energy, just uh, being that open light. And also it makes you feel better. It gives you that instant boost. Like you said, Amber, in one moment, whether you're driving or sitting or working in office on the computer all day, or have like a really moving kind of career that you're in, that you can create energy and shift the way you're feeling in a matter of a moment, in a matter of a second, a second. Isn't that pretty crazy? In one second, we're always looking for these quick fix, fast things. Well, here's your quick fix, fast self-care practice is to roll those shoulders back, create that energy, just allow it to flow through you and breathe an expansive breath that comes into your lungs, expanding from your ribs. Let it go. Just is. Yeah. And what a gift we are to be that connection of energy from the universe to the earth and from the earth to the universe. Like if we need a happy thought, what a gift. Like to me, that is why do we need to be more than that? Right. We think we need to be all these things, do all these things, but to be a connection between the universe to the earth and the earth to the universe Mm. in a whole microcosm of activity, that's pretty epic. And so to actually feel into that 
and to experience that real time and that energy flowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that can reset everything. Ah, can. It really can. And that's, yes. I want to make certain in the time that we have, we dive into your book and what it consists of. Because it talks about things like that. Like, hey, let's just realize the beauty of our life. Yes. So are you willing to talk a little bit about your book now and kind of share why you wrote it and what it consists of? Yes, of course, Amber. You're so sweet. Oh, it was like a must. It was a need. I needed to write that. It was like this expression that was inside of me bottled up for so long that I just had to get out. And it's just like when you heal yourself that you cannot help but heal those around you. And I love storytelling. I've always been a storyteller. I love reading and I love hearing other people's stories. I just feel like it humanizes and it connects us and it allows us not to feel separate from each other. We're connected. And so writing this lovely book was such a journey of allowing myself to reflect on my own life and my own experiences and how I grew. And inevitably, when you can share the way that you grow, it helps other people. And I really love incorporating practices. I'm all about the self-care practices and things that we can do to help ourselves and cope with ourselves and not just reach for the drug or the drink or the smoke or the whatever it is, or the social media to help really heal ourselves and do that inner work. And my, my subheading, which if you've written a book before, Amber, correct? Yes. Like writing that like subheading title was like as hard as writing the whole freaking book, <laughs> like yeah. days and days, finally, <laughs> finally. And then I felt like when I finally got out of the way, it was like, oh, awaken you from pain to healing, a woman's way of waking up to her life. And inside of the book, it's each chapter is the practice of waking up to self-love or the practice of waking up because you think of it as life is a practice. It's not a perfect, it's not a one size fits all. And for me, it was just like my guidepost to help me heal and move through all of these experiences in my life and not getting so stuck up in them and letting them control me. Because like many of us, I definitely grew up from the victim mentality and always feeling bad for myself and always feeling guilty and shameful of who I was and always staying small and playing small and being in the box and not being too loud, not being too seen. And this book allowed me to really rebirth myself for that millionth time in my life and come out of hiding and say, Hey, I have a voice and what I say matters. And by doing that, I'm helping other women find their voice. And it's been so beautiful because we've had book clubs and just getting around other women who've read my book and just hearing how much me sharing my story and my insight has helped them heal from their past and have their own self-realizations in their lives. And through all of these different practices, like incorporating these things in our everyday life, as a part of who we are, not just like as this quick fix, this fad thing that we do, but incorporating like one of the practices is the practice of waking up to self-compassion and how we can be that self-compassion to ourselves and let that be a part of who, who we are. It just, it melds into who you are after you do the practices over and over like a habit, right? We know research is showing us habits are 21 to 45 days. 
But for someone like me, it's more like 90 days. It's going to take me about three months to do something. And then it just starts becoming a part of my nature and it's organic and flowy. And then it starts shifting and changing your life for the better. And this beautiful book has been just such a gift for me and my community and the people around me. And it's also just this creative expression that I needed to birth. And no matter what the outcome was, I just did it and I persevered. And it taught me so much about myself that when you have a dream and you have an idea, that when you take massive action, when you keep showing up and you keep doing the hard things, because it wasn't easy. I never went to college. I graduated high school. I got married when I was 20. I've been married for almost 20 years. It's crazy. We're still together, halfway same. (laughs) And I... Yeah, I did hair forever. And I one of my blocks was I'm not smart enough. But you know what? If you have that heart, that passion, that inner fire to do something, if there's a will, there's a way, and you will figure it out. And there's always people around us that can help support us. And I I figured it out. I wrote the book, I hired the editor, I hired the formatter, I rewrote the book. I did I rewrote the book probably seven times, about seven times. And I did it. And I just wanted it to be this beacon of light for any woman or any man for that matter. If you have an idea or an inkling that you want to share your story, because we all have such a beautiful, creative, unique story that the world needs to hear it. The world wants to hear it. And if you have that calling, it's time to open up the document. It's time to get the journal. It's time to write your story. It's time. Like the time is now and you can do it. You just have to keep showing up and keep taking action and just also allow the guidance of the universe because it does. It just, the universe keeps showing up and signs show up and then things just fall into place when you're showing up in an alignment. Yes. And when you share that story, the people, it's that ripple effect that you were talking about, right? Even if there are 15 people who are touched by the story, and then those 15 people ripple it out to, you know, 15 people in their life who ripple it out to 15 people in their life, imagine the impact that ultimately you end up having by being willing to share what was on your heart and what your truth was. And so I'm really grateful that you were willing to just say, you know what, inner voice, I hear you, but I also know what my capacity is. And so I'm going to do this, even if it takes seven times (laughs) editing and making it happen. And so it's how can people get it? Where are copies available? Oh, right now on Amazon, you just go up to Amazon and search Awaken You, Shelly Bond. And my audiobook is actually T minus, hopefully a month, going to be released. And that was another journey to the audiobook. I'm really excited. I love listening to people's books. So it'll also be available on Amazon and Audible. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Are you narrating? Yeah. Oh, it's all me. Yes. I did all of the recording. It was really fun. And it was so interesting because that was another journey of, you notice like the self-doubt come in and then the way you talk changes and your mannerism changes. And then you raise your energy up and you realign. You're like, no, I am speaking this to my sisters. Like this is a message. And that was so healing of my throat chakra. I often on had like thyroid problems 
Yeah. And it was just so healing to, to speak the words and to go through each page of my book. And I have this amazing audio engineer who's making it all lovely and helping me do all of the things. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for the journey. Yes. Just getting all of that out, up and out. They can get it through Amazon, the book. Yes. And within a month, they can get your audible version through Amazon as well. Now, yes. what about if they want to get a hold of you? Do you do coaching? Do you do any online courses? What does your program offer? Yes, I'm actually launching a website. It is www.yogablisswithshelly.com. I am releasing a membership website for women. It's a space of yoga, personal growth, and inner healing. And there'll be courses and yoga classes and breath awareness and mindfulness practices and journaling prompts, all of these lovely things that I share for free. Also, I have a YouTube channel. It's Yoga Bliss with Shelly. And there's over 500 amazing different videos and practices and blogs. And I have a podcast also. And you can catch me on all the Facebook and Instagram. It's Yoga Bliss with Shelly that I'm just, I'm birthing and feeling these inner passions and I'm bringing them into this beautiful membership website. And so all the videos will be available for you on your time in your space, because I really feel like a home practice is essential for us to awaken to ourselves and to live the lives that we were born to do. Well, thank you for sharing things that are freely available along yes. with other it yes. helps individuals get to know you and get a sense as well. So yes. And on my website, I actually created just special for your guests and whoever wants to share. It's going to be this beautiful ebook with four realistic self-care, self-compassion practices that you can do almost anywhere. And it's just this beautiful little ebook. You can download it to your phone and there's just realistic practices that you can incorporate into your life. That's yes. wonderful. Well, we'll make sure that we get that included in the message that goes out, the easy download to get to your site. So wonderful. Make it as seamless as possible for people to pop on over. Yoga Bliss with Shelly. And it's spelled with an S-H, S-H-E-L-L-Y. If you're not watching, then you can have at least the audible version of how to spell it. I know there are a couple of ways to spell your name. All right. So I want to continue to dive into your heart center and that beautiful love that you immediately connected and shared with me from the moment that I walked into that space and I felt your presence the thought of you being a heart leader was not even in question because it was an open feel. Like I could just feel your presence. And then you were also there helping to run this retreat. So when we talk about blending heart and mind or having that ability to offer love, compassion, connection, along with intellect and ability to organize, you were a living example, real time, right there. It was like, bam, 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 bam. You were firing back and forth. 
So when you hear us talk about what we call heart leader and we talk about what that is in action, and then I show you like, hey, I saw this from you real time. What does that invoke within you? How do you how do you feel when that's reflected back to you? Mm, I just feel so grateful for you seeing me and for me seeing you. I I just feel I can feel that connection and I love that being a heart leader. I think it's just showing up with love and the ability to see someone for who they are and where they are without judgment, without strings, without any of that extra stuff and just being just embodying this moment and just allowing it to flow because I think we get so stuck up in all of the other things, but with you, Amber, and then many other of my soul sisters too, it's just, you can allow that connection, that heart connection. They say it with my daughter all the time. It's when your heart is connected to someone else's and you're in Arizona and I'm in Colorado and I can feel you like you're right here in this moment. This omnipresent love that just is. And we can all be heart leaders in our lives with our children, with our spouses, in our companies. Even sometimes I'm driving and I can feel people's energy on the road and I just expand love out. Just be the love. And even when people are not reciprocating that back to just be. And I can easily, for me, I've always been able to tap into love. Sometimes that self-compassion piece can take a little bit, but for me, I can in an instant, I can just be love. And so I allow that. And that's what I just, I hope for everyone is that you can just be the love and shine it to everyone in your lives without judging them, without trying to change people, just loving them and seeing them and being with them where they are. So beautiful. And again, when we think about that breath that you talk about, that being the base You can expand that love out. And as you bring it back in, even if you're not feeling it reciprocated, breath is that cleansing thing, right? So as you inhale again and exhale it out, like you're cleansing it. Even if you don't feel it, you can cleanse and let it go. Let it go. Yeah. And just send them love. It's just send them love. I always say that when my kids are struggling at school, they'll get home and kids just get real upset about things and focus on all the negative. And even with me as their mom, like I am the most optimistic person I know. And that's great. Just, I always say, send them love just right from your heart. You just send them love, just love. You are love. It already is. It already is within you. Sometimes we are the ones dimming our own light or we let other people dim our light. And that's again, raise your energy and just send that love out. And sometimes it can just be like a mantra. I am love. I say that a lot when I'm struggling. I am, we know the two most powerful words spoken in all languages, all across the world. I am, you attach, I am love. I am love. And you say that over and over and I promise you, it will shift and raise your vibration. And it might take a minute. It might take two. You might need to say it like five times, 10 times, a hundred times, a thousand times, but you say, I am love and you cannot help but be love be in that vibration. It is a powerful practice. Very powerful. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just have love bling everywhere. Yes. I love the love bling. I love it. Or hearts. My daughter is so beautiful. She was three years ago diagnosed with autism and 
she, her IQ is a borderline intellectual disability. So she struggles with learning, but she is the most heart centered, wide open light. And she's so spiritually connected. I, her messages are just divine, but she sees hearts everywhere. Like they're everywhere. They follow her. They follow us everywhere. They're in nature. They're in her food. They're everywhere. And she just is love. And so she's one of my greatest love and compassion teachers ever. She just shows me that what emotional intelligence is that it doesn't matter how smart you are, how many diplomas or certificates or how brainy you are, that you can be a like you said, a heart leader, this beautiful heart leader, your beautiful mission in podcast that this 13-year-old girl in the room next to me is a freaking heart leader. And I'm so grateful for her because she teaches me so much every day. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for being with us. As we wrap up, if you can tell individuals one more time where they can find you. Oh, you're so lovely. You can find me on yogablisswithshelly.com. It's yoga bliss, Y-O-G-A-B-L-I-S-S with Shelly.com. And also on YouTube, I have so much amazing free content out there. And I also have a podcast, Yoga Bliss with Shelly. And I just do random posts and lovely things. And I've been showing up on Facebook live once a week, just kind of being a heart leader, Amber. You're just so infectious with this beautiful, inspiring love that I've been sharing that every week, which has been really fun and just showing up live and being a vulnerable human. And yes, you can just find me. My book is on Amazon Awaken You right now. You can find it right now. I am so grateful for you, my sister. You have helped me in ways that I cannot express. And I just look forward to continuing our journey together. Me too. I love you, Amber. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for this space and this time and for this amazing heart connection. I love you too. Yes. And we love you, Suivera community. We are beyond grateful for all that you do out in the world, for sharing your heart, for being heart leaders and reflecting the change that you desire to see. So we appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Heart Leader Podcast, where our hearts and our minds align. Don't forget the entire month. This month is all around compassion. If you're looking for the free tool, you can hop over to our social media, either Insta or Facebook, and type the word compassion, and we'll be sure to get that free tool right over to you. Until next time, I'm your host, Amber. And I look forward to seeing you in the community. Thank you for listening to the Heart Leader Podcast. Are you ready to start leading from the heart? Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com to take our quiz and get your personalized roadmap for a happier and healthier life. Remember to follow the podcast so you never miss a new episode. And be sure to recommend it to your friends who might enjoy it with you. See you next week.